Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. What up, everybody? I hope you're doing well. It's kind of hard to believe we are past the halfway point of May 2020, which means the summer is upon us. And I'm sure, like me, many of you are about to have probably one of the strangest, maybe even the most boring summer you've had in a long time, all right? Really since 2006, okay? So going back 15 years, I have had really adventurous summers. I've done missionary work abroad. I've been all over Europe. I've done camps and conferences. I've done summer tours. Like I've literally not sat still in the month of June or July since 2005. And this summer, I'll be doing a whole lot of sitting still, which hopefully is a good thing for all of you because it probably means more content, more podcasts, more live streams, and more conversations like the one that's about to unfold with Jake, who is the front man for an incredible band called The Riverside. The Riverside just put out a brand new project called Snow Giant, which we're super excited about because it's gonna be in the hands, autographed, and in the hands of all of our higher level patrons in just a matter of, well, 10 days, two weeks tops. This is a part of our summer package. I'm also really excited because Jake is someone that we met pretty spontaneously about a year ago when he showed up in my backyard, set up shop, and suddenly was doing a live concert in my driveway and it blew our patrons away. It blew my neighbors away. It blew me away. And it's just been a real joy to reconnect with him, to get to to chat about this new project and to just hear a little bit more of the stories behind not only the songs, but how they got started as a band. Like most great bands, it is Jake and his beautiful wife that have been making music together now for quite some time and an array of musicians that come in and out to be a part of that as well. So sit back, sit tight, and uh, enjoy this really, really fun and I think enlightening conversation with Jake Jensen of The Riverside. You like how the breeze whistling wind throwing summer sky will follow you through the middle of the Well, Jake Jensen of The Riverside, it is a great privilege to have you. Welcome to the Love Good Podcast, man. Thank you. Thank you. I love Love Good. So this is this is a cool, cool thing. Yeah, it's actually- And I'm happy to, happy to be here. It's hard to believe. It's been now exactly a year since we met because you did a house concert in my driveway, which I have to say was a first. We've done a lot of house shows. We've done a lot of live streams, but that was the first one where we just gathered a bunch of people in the backyard pretty late at night. And it was one of those nights we'll never forget, man. That was really fun. I mean, I was surprised that there were so many people like that were really late. It was, it was really late because we had something else that going on that day. 
I was like, well, would you want to do it like 9 p.m. or something? And you guys agreed to it. So we showed up and took out every single lighting piece of lighting equipment in our van <laughs> and, and all the lamps that we can find in your house. Oh, it was crazy, and made man. made like a little magical living room outdoor show. That was fun. Yeah, so cool, so cool. And obviously life on the road is definitely something that you're used to, but definitely not something that's happening right now. You're Where are you right now? You're in California somewhere, right? Yeah, me and my wife, Lorian, who's the mandolinist and main harmony in the band, me and her live, her and I, since we're married. <laughs> we live in Ventura, Ventura, California. It's basically like the closest you can get to Santa Barbara of Ventura. So like the very edge of Ventura on this little town called La Conchita, which is basically like a bunch of homes that are living under this mountain that could collapse at any time. It's like a geological hazard zone, but our rent is really good and we love the people that we live with. And they let me have a little tiny studio that I can make music in. And they're kind of like family friends. So they take care of us. They're kind of like our godparents in a way. So it's, it's, it's a great living situation when we're, when we're not in the tour van sleeping on people's couches so we get to sleep here. So it's really cool. And I have to say, man, like it's a huge privilege to be putting out Snow Giant to all of our patrons. I've got, I've got my own little autographed copy right here. It's just an incredible album. And I want to jump into it because even from what I understand, like we're not just talking about an album of original songs. It's also an album that you produce and it just takes a pretty incredible talent to, to sing, to write, to record and to produce. And you've just put together, I think your best project today. But before we jump into it, I've got a lightning round of would you rather questions that were compiled by uh, our, our good friend, mutual friend, my colleague Marisol. So just go ahead and get ready for this. All right. The first, it's very simple. This is how we're all going to get to know you. Jack. I love her. I love her name, by the way. I know. Marisol. I love Marisol's name. I know. Pretty, She's awesome. Pretty special. <laughs> pretty special. So uh, here we go. The first question that we wanted to ask you before we jump into music and all, all of the above. Okay. I'm, I'm ready. Would you rather be forced to dance every time you heard music or be forced to sing along to any song you heard? Forced to dance or forced to sing along? Basically, yep. I think, I think, I think I'd be forced to dance. Nice. Because, <laughs> I don't know, I think there's a lot of songs I'd rather dance to than actually be a part of singing the words to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like there's some really cheeseball lyrics and I don't know I don't I'm not saying that I mean it's fun to sing along to cheesy songs sometimes but I think I'd rather in my whole life I'd rather be forced to dance to songs that I don't necessarily like than actually participate in singing them so yeah well there's a lot of songs that have a much better beat than they will ever have uh lyric right you know so right. I, I resonate yeah, with yeah, that. yeah yeah this is interesting would you rather be the least important character in the last movie you saw, so go ahead and call to mind what the last movie was that you saw. Would you rather be an unimportant character in that movie or an unimportant character in the last book you read? Which does beg the question, what, what movie and what book have you most recently enjoyed? I think I'd rather be the, the least character in the book of Chronicles of Narnia because that's awesome. Yeah, you'd be I a mean, Narnia, I man. Just, yeah, I would be like a little fawn of Narnia. That's cool. As long as I got to like hang out with Aslan whenever he walked by because he would know me, you know, because like he's a magical godly lion. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm basically that now with, uh, with, with the God I believe in now. I'm like, uh, I'm a little fawn who makes music and hopefully he loves me more than I know. <laughs> so cool. That's so cool, man. And I, I have to guess that that's a big reason that we know each other. There's something about 
you know, faith that brings people together, even across musical genres, across, you know, different coasts of a country as big as ours. And, and frankly, the story of, of your music up until this point is, is really pretty remarkable. Obviously you're from Southern California. Your wife is from Northern California. You guys met in college. Is that right? Yeah, we we met at Westmont College in Santa Barbara. Yeah, and so for those who are discovering the Riverside for the first time, tell us how the whole thing got got going in the first place. So, well, I was a big runner. We both were. She was. We were both on the. We actually met on the track team. Kind of like started falling in love. I got injured when I was a senior, so I didn't really have the best year. But that's when I, when I was injured, that's when I discovered I really liked writing songs because I couldn't really do do much else. So I just started writing songs on my guitar and just had this dream of starting a band. So over the summer, I was just, you know, wondering who I could start the band with. And well, basically the band started and there was a battle of the bands in 2012. And I went on every computer in our in our school's library and voted for our band to be able to compete. <laughs> and that's how we actually like got through the preliminaries because I like got so many people to to vote for us and then also went to the library and 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 voted for us in every computer in the library, which is really funny. I love it. Kind of cheesy, but hey, it worked. And then uh then we actually put on a really good show that night at the Battle of the Bands and that we we brought out like 300 people, which is crazy cuz like that's, I mean, it was just a college thing and people just came out to support us to try to, to try to help us win. It was just a really fun time. Everyone was like stomping and being, a, being rowdy to our like quiet, quieter folk music. <laughs> and we ended up winning. And then that's how we got enough money to, to make our first album. I know I'm rambling a little bit, but Lorian, my wife, wasn't in the band then. She actually was just supporting me in the audience. But it was only later on after after I graduated where I I wanted to continue performing and writing songs and touring that she decided that she wanted to join the band. And so she started learning how to play mandolin and learning how to harmonize and then just like showed up one day at band practice and was able to to play and sing and said, Hey, you know what? If people, you know, when people inevitably like leave or move on sometimes because life is crazy, like a lot of people can't be in a band, like they're too scared or they just want like the financial security of just like a normal nine to five job. So we've had some transitions through our band life. And she's, she just said, well, I'm always going to be here for you. So this is why I'm learning so we can be in a band together and you always have me. So that's kind of the the story. And now, now during this time of quarantine, we're, we're playing like private duo shows and like getting our, our, our two person duo shows, trying to be better at those. I love it. Well, we don't have to band. So I love it. That's a really cool story. That was a long speech. I'm sorry. No, it's amazing. I knew that she was in the band and I, I knew that you guys had met in college. I didn't realize that her learning how to, you know, play the mandolin and, and sing BGVs was an act of love. I mean, an act of fidelity, you know, like that's a really amazing part in the story that I I just wasn't aware of. And to think that, you know, we heard you guys play live. I've heard your new record. Your sound is as tight as it's ever been. But, you know, this isn't like your first project. The Riverside, your self-titled debut was 2013. Great Northern Expanse was 2018. Oregon and Virginia, 2019. 
first of all, that's a lot in seven years. So well done, uh, especially when you're an independent band, when you're, you know, touring nonstop to even find time to write music and then record it is amazing. How in the world do you also seem to have the, the the talent of a producer on top of all of that? Where did this all come from? Did you study music or is this something you picked up along the way? Well, thank you for saying that. I think I I got tired of having to pay tons of money, first of all, to like to do because I, I want to produce an album every year and in order to get really high quality, like in order to put a lot of time into someone's studio, I mean, that's like thousands and thousands of dollars. I think really what it was, was so after our first album in 2012, we actually had a couple albums every year until our Appalachia in the Morning EP, which was like our first step of like trying to self-produce. And we took down a lot of that music because it beforehand because it was, wasn't recorded that well and this was like the first time we we're like, okay, let's invest in like good, like really good gear and just spend the money one time. Let's just spend a bunch of money one time and, and I'll spend a couple years learning how to do this. And it was really stressful, hard time of like learning how to work, you know, like a Pro Tools program and learning how to like cut and mix and do all this stuff to this music. Basically just looking at wave files like I'm looking at right now as we're talking at and understanding what that means and how to how to put the microphones up for recording all the different things. So it was just a, a big learning experience, but we just invested. Lorian, my my wife, let me have this time to these couple those couple years to be like, okay, this is what you do now. So this is my job. My job is to I'm already doing I'm already booking the band. I'm already managing the band. So now the next step is now I'm gonna learn how to record and do all the music stuff and so that's all me now. That's my 100% job right now. So yeah, just a couple of years of intense learning and trial and error. And I think you can see it in the progression if, if you listen to Great Northern Expanse and then Oregon to Virginia. There's like a pretty big, like I think a little bit of a quality boost, just learning how to do things and how to sing into a microphone and do all that stuff. And I love each album for what it is because it's really homegrown is what it is. But there's a lot of learning curves. <laughs> basically. No, that's amazing. And I think a lot of people forget that the artist is an entrepreneur by his very nature. You know, you have to learn how to do a lot of different things unless you just conveniently have a label and a publisher and a manager and a producer and a tour booking agent. Like all of that would be wonderful to have, but like the the, the general trajectory of any artist is not to start with all of that, you know, and it's to kind of figure out a lot of things along the way that make the music work full time. All right, y'all. So this is a crazy announcement, not one that you're going to probably really expect at all. It's a surprise. This is a surprise. So I was talking to Jake before we hit the record button on today's conversation. And, you know, basically he and I both think it's time to start doing concerts again. Now, we've been thinking about that in-house for a while. Obviously, quarantine and shutdown and the coronavirus in general made it really hard for us to do events March, April, May, really into June. Like everything's been sideswiped by this virus. And yet, you might notice that a lot of states are beginning to open up. And also, a lot of people are ready to get together again and, you know, be safe about it, but also to go back to life as community, life that involves music and food and people you love. So you're the first to hear it. We are doing a summer tour. 
Okay, about middle of July through the end of August, Marisol, alongside Jackie Minton, and likely a few other artists are going to be on the road, probably as many as 25 dates over the course of that six-week period. And we're going to do everything possible to keep it safe, to, of course, adhere by all the coronavirus guidelines state by state. But we're ready with 50 people or less. We are ready to show up and put on some live music this summer and reclaim culture because it's time. It's time, people. We can't live in fear. We cannot live in fear. We've got to not go back to things, you know, being how they once were, but rather to to take this opportunity to get ahead of the curve and reclaiming what it really means to be a society and to be a culture and to to help people rebuild their lives on things that actually matter like beauty, truth, and goodness and God himself. So anyways, if you're interested in that, go to lovegoodculture.com slash tour and let us know when you want us to come into your living room and put on a live show for you this summer. All right, again, lovegoodculture.com slash tour. I'd like to focus on two songs that are at least Lovegood's favorites on this new project. And perhaps you could just tell us the story behind one of them. Rolling Grasslands, Ancient Sleeper, those two are our favorites. I'm sure there's a pretty incredible story behind every one of these songs. Would you mind telling us the story behind one of those? Ancient Sleeper was my favorite that came out on the album as well. And it was written when we were going through... Maryland and Washington, D.C. It was our first time there, and there's a a river there called the Potomac River. There was this bridge that you can like walk out onto, and it's like this pretty long walk on this wooden this bridge, and it just kind of opens up in these spots. It opens up at the very end to this just giant surge of of moving water. It just gave you this feeling of being small, like who you are, you know, who, who we are compared to our creator, essentially. And this massive river of water. And that's where the line comes in of where I was sleeping near your waters, a beast in hibernation time, just kind of that feeling of being woke up a little bit. And I remember just being a little bit down or not down up, but I get in these these states where I feel a little bit like closed off to, to God, really. There's just like these moments where I feel like I just, where I can just feel alive again. And that was just one, that was just that time when your eyes like see something like that and you're like, oh, like I'm kind of, I'm awake for the split second. I'm awake and I see, like I see what this is about. And like, I see my, who I am, whether that's really good or bad, I'm seeing something at least. I'm trying to talk about it more, but that's just kind of the the overall feel of just being awakened. The song kind of feels like, it has a lot of movement in the song, a lot of different parts. And I feel like that kind of feels like water to me. And Rolling Grasslands is about being temperamental, I was reading somewhere that sometimes how I write songs is I'll be reading something, even if it's just a blurb and there'll be like a word that sticks out to me or like a phrase. And I think I read the buffaloes and their rolling grasslands 
something about them being wild and temperamental. And I was just like, whoa, that's that's the song. That's what I that's that's what I'm trying to to write about in this this phrase, this 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 lick or whatever I have. And that was written in Boston while we were staying with our cello player Addison. He his his mother has like a an aunt, just a really close like relative out there. And we got to stay at her really nice house on it's called Nahant. It's like this little island in Boston. And it, and it was we showed up late again after one of our shows and <laughs> we get there and we all just get our own little room and it's just a beautiful we had a really fun time together and then that song was written kind of like on the grass outside. Mar- Marisol pointed out that very line. I was like a buffalo, wild and temperamental. I heard you whisper again, blowing through my rolling grasslands. She wasn't totally sure if she got it exactly right. That's beautiful stuff. Tell us about the album artwork, by the way. Who did it? I do. I do the album artwork. <laughs> nice, man. I figured. And so have you done the front covers of all of the albums so far? Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I, I used to draw when I was a kid and I just really, really like drawing. And I don't know, we're, we're as do-it-yourself as possible. So I figured we might as well do the album artwork too. Yeah. So, and I, I feel like, I feel like if, if anyone, <laughs> I feel like the songwriter knows kind of like the feel better than just like telling someone what you want. And I feel like if I really sit down and, and draw kind of like the feeling of the album, then I feel like it, it hopefully has good synergy and people can feel when they see the album artwork, it like matches the songs for some reason. I hope, I just, I hope that's the case. I don't know. I haven't got to, I don't really get to talk to people much except when I'm touring. So this is like, it's really cool that you like, that you like the songs and that you like the the album artwork. So that's, that's good feedback. It's the me. feedback you've been waiting for sitting there, you know, while the whole world is standing still while your European tour is canceled before your very eyes. And this would be maybe the the final question I'd I'd love to ask you is, how have you grown during this pandemic? You know, how have you grown during quarantine? I'm sure there's been a lot of disappointments for you, like there's been for all of us. How are you persevering? And what wisdom do you think is being gained in these times? I feel like I've, I'm a pretty big, like, I like to work hard and like push kind of like a lot especially with like touring and sometimes I think I can even burn out members of my own band just because like how much I like to go on the road and play play a lot and I feel like the force you know we got our if tours are canceling and stuff it just kind of like has like kind of like forced me to be a little more still it's also helped me and Lorian to like just focus on playing music just me and her I feel like a lot I'm always I'm I'm always thinking of our music in terms of like our full band and I'm a very like I I want like I want a band you know when we're playing I just think it's really special to have more than 3 like 4 4 4 or more to make a band really and I think during this forced time where it's only, only me and her that can play together I think that we're actually getting closer and we're making music to get we've we've done like private shows for people like a couple different ones just me and her you know like mandolin guitar kick drum harmonica and just two voices and it was a little weird at first but i think we're getting we're getting closer like writing more and having more synergy between each other as a duo i don't want to sound like i guess i don't want to sound like it's all about 
me and I, I guess you asked what wisdom. And I, I think that just being more secure in me and my wife, I guess, musically, you know, now I, fe- I feel a lot more confident just me and her now, which I think will translate later on to our shows when we actually have a full band where it's like, Hey, this is great. Like we can, we can do this with me and you, or we can do this with our friends too. This is like a special thing that we can do no matter what, at least for me. I think she's always thought that, but because my wife has like a heart of gold and she always is thinking positive and just really believes in me. And I think that's, that's something that I've really enjoyed is just watching us grow together a little bit closer. I think it has been a time for a lot of people to focus on their home, their family, their wives, their spouses, their kids. And with that, you know, you kind of have to deal with a lot of different things that can otherwise just sort of be taken for granted or thrown under the rug. And I know it's been a challenging time for so many, but it is really encouraging to hear how you're making the most of it. You're writing, you're creating, you're staying encouraged. And I'm sure you're Really, really excited to get back on the road as soon as it's possible, as soon as it's safe. And man, it's been a huge privilege to have this conversation, Jake. We're so pumped. All of our listeners out there, you got to go Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere music is streamed and go ahead and download and share the heck out of the Riverside's brand new project, Snow Giant. All of our patrons are going to be getting autographed copies of that, at least at the higher levels. And well, Jake, we're really excited to do that concert in our backyard again one day very soon, hopefully much sooner than later, man. Thanks for being a part of the podcast today. We'll uh, do this again sometime. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor to be interviewed and asked questions. Thanks for thinking something of what we do. It's it feels it feels good on my heart. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jake. We'll talk to you soon, man. And I was sleeping near your water. A beast in hibernation time. Oh, I, I faintly heard you stirring. Such a privilege as always getting to sit down with artists like Jake and to hear music from a band like the Riverside, the stories behind the songs and to know that autographed copies are going out to many of our patrons really within the next week. It's all just a huge, huge privilege. And what I love about Jake is not just that he's talented, not just that he's cool, He's so humble. He's so humble. In fact, we just had a really long conversation before and after we actually hit the record button and he's as good as the day is long. And I think that is so reflected in his music. And this new project, Snow Giant, is I think their best yet. Their absolute best yet. So, you know, even if you're not a patron and you should be, but if you're not, hop on Spotify, Apple Music, stream the heck out of this brand new project, Snow Giant from the Riverside. And just know that that makes a big difference for artists right now who are kind of stuck at home, who can't get on the road, share the music live and make a living 
right? That's how artists make a living, okay? It's sharing their music live. And so definitely stay in touch with the Riverside and just continue to support artists like that, that we know have got an incredible gift to bring to the world. And we can do our part, really getting the word out about who they are and the music that they're putting out and just the great role that the beauty of their artistry can play in the transformation of culture at large. And that's what Love Good is all about. As always, thanks for tuning in. Next week, I'm sitting down with another artist. Her name is Jillian Edwards, also featured in the summer package to our patrons, a brand new project called Meadow. And next week, I'm also making a huge announcement about a live stream concert we're doing with Jillian. By the way, she is the wife of Will Chapman, who we had on the podcast just a few months ago. That's the band Colony House. She's also the daughter-in-law of one of Nashville's finest, finest artists and singer-songwriters, and his name is Stephen Curtis Chapman. So we just have a really fun conversation about all of the above. Come back next week. As always, new episodes every Tuesday. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. We'll see you guys soon. Peace. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long-form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.